Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Having recently returned from our trip to Denver, um, I, and uh, on the way we stopped at my internship congregation in Laramie, Wyoming, I remember a story that I heard there uh, from, from my time being an intern. The, now, the uh, congregation there, I think, was founded in the 1890s, maybe the 1880s, and the makeup of the congregation was out of uh, railroad workers. Basically, all of Laramie at that time was hell on wheels, as they say, a railroad camp uh, full of immigrants, primarily from all sorts of different nations, uh, be they English or Scottish or Irish or... uh, And amongst the Lutherans, the Germans were there. They already had established a church too. But the Scandinavians just, for some reason, could not abide the Germans. So there were uh, this group of uh, railroad workers, primarily Swedish and Norwegian and likely Finnish and Danish, primarily tie hackers, who'd go up in the the mountains there and, and cut the timber for the railroad. And they decided, uh, even though they didn't like each other, all these different groups, they decided to form a church because they hated the Germans more. (laughs) Sorry if I'm stepping on anybody's ancestries, but this is just the history that was told to me. And uh, things were so contentious and whatnot that uh, (laughs) depending on who was president of the council, they would change the language that the the church minutes was written in from either Finnish or Danish to Swedish to Norwegian, depending on who was in charge. Yeah, so um, anyway, into this mix, uh, there was some preacher, I don't know what his nationality was, and he preached something that uh, somebody in the congregation did not like. So in the midst of a Sunday morning, in the middle of his sermon, somebody found it prudent to respond by pulling out a pistol, firing a gun into the wall behind the preacher. Uh, I don't know if he intended to miss him. I assume he did. Uh, The result of the story was that that guy was on a train out of town the next week. Um, All this is to say, I I tell you that to share, that there are peaceful ways to respond to conflict and disagreement in our congregations. And then there are the ways that were performed in Laramie. Um, I hope that nobody ever feels compelled to uh, discharge a firearm at me. Uh, We can talk about stuff after, okay? Uh, Ways, uh, I I share all that to say that and reflect upon our words from Jeremiah. Jeremiah recalls the, the ways of the prophets, that the prophets of old speak of war and famine and adversity, right? In the past. And uh, pestilence, for instance, uh, against countries, many countries and great kingdoms. Often the prophets, many times we think of prophets as foretelling the future and bad things to come. But as often as not, they were more like truth tellers, calling people to account for injustices and 
um, things going on poorly in the land for which God will bring justice over and against them, particularly against kings and nobles and priests and leaders of the land who are doing the people wrong, and so on and so forth. In a way, uh, since it's July 4th weekend, we might see uh, the group gathered in Philadelphia and signing the Declaration of Independence as sort of prophets against King George in England, and imperial misgivings of colonialism, and so on and so forth, right? Additionally, right, uh, this, this kind of message can be intention, though. Uh, I've been surprised to come into adulthood and see uh, how much our public conversations elevate cruelty and vengeance and, I don't know, things that I thought would not be, we would be aspiring to in our world down the road. I'm kind of ashamed to see that uh, the ranks of neo-Nazis and Klansmen are as high as they've ever been in the past half century. I thought those things were going by the wayside. But they're recruiting now as much as ever. And uh, messages like this that can be drawn from the Bible, right? The Bible is a big, complex book. And many describe it more as a library than a book, right? Written over different centuries, different times, and different voices. And if you're looking for them, you can absolutely find these voices that call for uh, revenge and fighting back and uh, power and uh, advocating kingship. For instance, you could lift up uh, the example of Samson, right? Samson against the Philistines, dying in a blaze of glory and killing more people on his death, uh, at his death than ever. But we can also look to Jesus Christ, who preaches the way of peace, turning the other cheek, calling us away from warfare and clapping back, away from dealing with conflict by putting bullet holes in the church wall. <laughs> And things like that. Now, uh, don't get me wrong, it, it, a lot of that other stuff is there. But uh, as I learned in seminary, I, I appreciate, appreciate this. We were commended time and time again to see that all of Scripture points to Christ. Let me say that again. All of Scripture points to Christ. Many people like to pick and choose examples of King David or... Um, or even David as a younger man fighting Goliath, right? Uh, as a young boy. Or examples of conquering the Canaanites or so on and so forth. And we should take all those stories seriously. But the Bible holds itself in tension. And we, as followers of Christ, must see all of that tension as ultimately pointing to the person, uh, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And all uh, that that means, right? And as we hear from Jeremiah, and as I interpret it, from verse 9, as for the prophet who prophesies peace, when the word of that prophet comes true, then it will be known that the word that the Lord has truly sent the prophet. When the word of that prophet comes true, the word of peace, then it will be known that the Lord has truly sent the prophet. I interpret that prophet to be Jesus Christ, the one and only, Son of God incarnate, who came to this world to bring peace that we cannot earn for ourselves. 
Yes, conflict and warfare and pestilence and famine, all these things still persist in the brokenness of our world. But the way of God in Jesus Christ calls us beyond the pains, the struggles, the bitterness, the pettiness of our world. The conflicts that persist to this day, many of which we thought we were getting beyond, but seem to be rearing their ugly heads again. I was only five years old at the fall, or maybe seven, at the fall of the Berlin Wall. I can imagine you guys who grew up in the midst of the Cold War, seeing the threats of nuclear war reemerging. Stuff that we thought we were getting beyond, and now seem to be rearing the heads again. And yet, still, through it all, we look to the peace of Christ in every age, in every time, in every decade, again and again and again. As God is constantly calling us beyond ourselves, beyond the pains of each moment, beyond the struggles of each generation, to look for the kingdom of God, which brings so much greater peace than we can bring for ourselves. In big ways, as well as the small ways of our Siblings struggling to keep the household <laughs> in status quo of peace and not conflict. The struggle is real. Leif and Elliot, Charlie and Fred, Otto and Freya. <laughs> I also got permission from my son to share a story from our lives this week, a week and a half. Um, it was not long ago that uh, we, or it was about a week ago that my family and I were camping and doing a bit of a staycation up at uh, Finley Point State Park. And uh, part of our uh, activities there, as you might imagine, living on the lake for a week was fishing, fishing on Flathead Lake. <laughs> now I've fished since the time I was young. Many of our most fond family vacations were fishing in Northern Minnesota and elsewhere. I'm glad, to, I'm glad to share that with my family and my kids now. So we got our licenses, headed down the shore there, and started casting. Now a few years back, uh, since my kids were little, we got little poles, right? I ended up basically getting ice fishing poles for them. And uh, so the, the, the poles are not quite as long as it turns out we needed, as they've grown faster than I was ready for. So my, my dad was fishing with us and I was there on the one side and Otto reared up. We got him a new lure and everything, uh, a, a, a kind of a spoon type thing with a treble hook on it. We were all ready to see what the lake could offer us in abundance. Well, it didn't take long before it was, we were cast in on different parts of the beach there. Heard my son scream in pain. I screamed in pain. Full on dad mode, drop my pole, everything. I think my lure was still in the water. What's going on? And it turns out that he had uh, sadly hooked his back. And it was two barbed fish hooks. <laughs> two barbed fish hooks. As I quickly jump to the moment and see what's going on. It, these things were deeper than any hooks. I have gotten all sorts of hooks in my hands, my wrists or whatever over the years, but these were, good job Otto, you set those pretty deep. Um, <laughs> and the pain was real for him as he's crying in eagerness and all this. And uh, first I try to get him out, it's very unsuccessful. Again, good job Otto, you got those pretty deep. 
and much deeper than I had. It was so. the wind's fault. It was the wind's fault, yes. Um, anyway, I, uh, so as we struggled to get him out on our own there, uh, it was turned out pretty clear that for me to get these barbed hooks out of my son's back, as he's screaming in pain this whole time, that uh, <clears throat> for me to do so, I would have to pull pretty hard and rip his skin pretty good. Something I was found myself pretty reluctant to do as a father. So uh, we called Jen. She and my daughter and mom, they were headed to the farmer's market. And tried to get them to come back as quickly as possible and uh, so we could make a trip to the ER in Polson, which we did. And on the way, God, this whole time, I feel terrible that we're prolonging my son's pain and whatnot. And, uh, and we make it to the hospital, and I'm glad that they did. I was surprised to learn in the Pulsin ER, here's a little tidbit for you, they said that the day before they had had, had to pull eight hooks primarily out of children. <laughs> I didn't know this was such an epidemic in our area. But <laughs> and, it was, and they were all around my age. Yeah, and uh, you said they said most of them were kids. So uh, apparently we went to the right hospital because I don't think they get as many fish hooks here in Ronan as they do in Polson. So anyway, thankfully they had the lidocaine uh, pain numbers, and they were able to, to to finally get the hooks out. How hard they pulled and everything, I was as a dad, I was like, yeah, I couldn't do that, especially without painkillers. So it was right decision. I was most impressed through that all, through all that experience though, that as we were in that painful car ride and trying to talk our son down, as he still has two hooks in the back, barbs and all, that he said that in the midst of his pain, he prayed to Jesus, that Jesus would bring him comfort. Um, sorry, uh, it was um, emotional for dad too. Um, <clears throat> Anyway, uh, I was just very profoundly uh, impressed, right, that he could look to his God as a God of peace, a God who wanted to bring peace to his suffering, bring comfort, ease his pain. And, um, very impressed, Toto. So, um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, more than that, though, um, so, I was, I, one, I was very impressed that my son, at, he already at his age, knows to look to God. As God can bring peace in the midst of pain that he was experiencing. The overwhelming trauma. He even said that he was yawning and like getting cold and tired, which are signs of shock at all he'd been through. And still in the midst of all that, he knew how to pray to our Lord to take away his pain. And I think that is powerful. And we hear from... Uh, the words that Prophet Jeremiah was speaking, that we know the one who brings peace to our world, the one who comforts our pain, the one who uh, brings peace amidst our suffering. And just as important, I want to share with you, I was impressed as a father. That surprise, surprise, we didn't fish the rest of the day. <laughs> And uh, we didn't fish the next day either, but it didn't take long. And before the week was out, we got Otto a new and longer pole. We learned from our mistakes that the short ones are too short for how hard he cast these days. Nevertheless, he got back at it. He got back and 
Three casts later, he even caught another fish. So, <laughs> There's something to that. The resiliency. To know that even though we suffer the slings and arrows of this life, even though that we will suffer more wars and rumors of war, even though there is cause for more anxiety and famine and epidemic and all the things of this world that can persist as we are a broken people suffering through past and future broken situations, past and future pains, past and future sorrows and sufferings, from things as small as fights with our siblings to hooks locked way too well in our backs to the wars that never cease to end. Through all of that, we know that we can look with a similar resiliency, that we are loved, and that God calls us through that love to aspire to a greater peace and to look towards a greater peace than we can ever earn on our own. God does not call us to war and pain again and again, but yet to a greater peace that transcends even the greatest parts of our world. We give thanks to God again for that this week, and we pray that God's kingdom come, God's kingdom come again and again and again. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.